Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos, George Howard Putt, and the Lynn Family. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we focus on a terrifying individual named George Putt and the brutal massacre of a family in Australia. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number 1. George Howard Putt The summer of 69 was a year filled with many memories, and for the residents of Memphis, Tennessee, it was a time they would never forget even if they wanted to. George Putt's life was marked with pain. Born to neglectful parents, he along with his brothers were abandoned at a young age. Both parents were petty criminals and left the kids to live with their grandparents 
The grandparents, in turn, couldn't handle the rowdiness of the boys, and so they shipped them off to various reform schools and institutions. It was in one of these schools where George suffered a terrible head injury after playing football. Following the incident, he began sleepwalking with his eyes open, coupled with episodes of blackouts and violent fits. The same summer, he fell further into crime, attacking two young girls and forcing one to undress and perform a sex act on him. He was arrested and psychologists revealed George had a morbid fascination with blood and gore. Before he could be sent to a mental institution, though, George fled. Before he even turned 18, he already had an extensive rap sheet to prove his dysfunction. He was arrested and spent several years in a maximum security juvenile prison in Gatsville, Texas. George was proclaimed to be a psychotic, but this didn't stop him from being discharged in 1967 at the age of 21. He returned to his grandparents' house in Tupelo and secured a job as a hospital orderly. But he couldn't keep his law-breaking habit in check and engaged in petty theft whenever possible. George also married, but erupted into violent fits of jealousy for minor things like his wife talking to another man, whether it was a co-worker or a random male stranger. He was arrested again for beating up a woman, apparently attacking her for no reason. After this, him and his wife moved to Jackson, Mississippi to live with his brothers and their wives. It was here where he attempted to rape one of his brother's mother-in-law at least three times in 1969. It was also here where police believe he committed his first murder. A prominent bachelor suspected of engaging in homosexual affairs was stabbed 15 times in his home. The home was close to the gas station where George had worked. However, months later, George and his wife would move back to Memphis and eluded authorities. On August 14, 1969, husband and wife Roy and Bernalyn Dumas were discovered dead inside their home. Both victims had died of strangulation and bludgeoning. The female victim was discovered tied to the bed. She was brutally raped and her sexual organs mutilated with surgical scissors. Saliva collected from the scene proved someone else was there. A week later, on August 25th, 80-year-old widow Leela Jackson was found strangled with a nylon stocking around her neck. Her genitals were also mutilated. Days later, 21-year-old Glenda Hardin was abducted and killed. She was bound with her hands behind her back and stabbed 14 times. Her body was soon discovered by police and caused a panic among Memphis residents. An anonymous caller tipped police on September 9th that George Putt was the culprit for the murders. However, police had no proof, and they also had other suspects. Two days later, another woman named Mary Pickens became the next victim. She returned home from work when the killer ambushed her inside her apartment. She was stabbed 19 times, but the neighbors heard her screams and called police. Both authorities and local civilians chased after the perpetrator and caught him. George was arrested, his clothing still smeared with the blood of his victim, by the end of that day, Putt had confessed to all five murders from that month. In October of 1970, he was put on trial, found guilty, and sentenced to death. However, the sentence was commuted to 99 years when the death penalty was abolished in 1972. Putt would later die in prison at the age of 69, but in the interviews he had had since his arrest, it seems he never regretted anything he had done, stating, I think where I'm at now is where I'm supposed to be. 
If it meant me understanding to get where I'm at mentally and spiritually, I'd do it all again. Number two, the Lin family. It was the early morning of July 18, 2009 in North Epping, New South Wales, Australia. The Lynn family were sound asleep in their beds when an intruder cut off the power supply and entered their home using a spare key. Inside, this intruder systematically and violently bludgeoned Min Lin, who was 45, his wife Yoon, who was 43, his sister-in-law Irene, who was 39, and two young boys, Henry, who was 12, and Terry, who was 9. By 9 a.m., Kathy Lin, who was Min Lin's sister, wondered why the news agency Min managed and owned was still closed. Kathy, accompanied by her husband Robert, entered the home using an unlocked door and proceeded to head upstairs to do a welfare check. It was here they found the gruesome and bloodied rooms, including the battered bodies of the victims. Kathy frantically called emergency services, but struggled in explaining the situation to the dispatcher. Robert left to pick up a brother-in-law, and when paramedics arrived, it was clear none of the victims could be helped. During the investigation, they noted blood splatter on the floor and ceilings of the bedrooms. It was such a violent scene and the victims so disfigured that it required forensics to identify who was who. There were no signs of forced entry to the home and nothing was stolen. It was also clear from the footprints that the killer knew the layout of the home. Forensics found 24 bloody shoe prints of someone with an 8.5 to 10.5 shoe size. This also indicated the attacker was alone. Apparently, the killer also knew one crucial fact, that Brenda Lynn, who was 15, was not home since he didn't even bother entering her bedroom. At the time of the murders, Brenda was on a French school trip with her high school. She actually learned of the murders through posts on Facebook. As the investigation continued and Brenda returned home from her trip, Kathy and Robert became her legal guardians. She ended up living with them, and a month after the attack, police began piecing together evidence. The following year, they informed Kathy about the shoe prints, saying it matched an Asics brand sneaker. During a six-month surveillance, it was discovered Robert had cut up a size 9.5 Asics sneaker box and flushed it down the toilet. Moreover, on the morning of the murders, Robert apparently cleaned up his garage. A forensic team searched it and found a stain on the floor they believed to be blood. This was tested by a lab in the United States and said to contain DNA belonging to four of the five victims. On May 5th of 2011, Robert was arrested and it took four unsuccessful trials to convict him. Initially, the trial was set for 2013 but was delayed for undisclosed reasons. In 2014, the trial was abandoned again because of health issues by the trial judge. Then in 2015, the trial proceeded but resulted in a hung jury. A retrial continued in June of 2016 and this time, Robert was finally found guilty on five counts of murder. He was sentenced to life in prison without any possibility of parole. As for motive, it was later revealed that Robert had been sexually abusing his niece Brenda years prior to and after the murders when she ended up living with them. Police believe that was one motive for killing his entire family. Aside from that, Robert was resentful of his brother-in-law's successful business and life in general, and all of that sent him over the edge 
and into committing this horrible crime. So there were two of the most killer and terrifying stories around. The world can be a crazy place and Twisted 2's is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe and check out some of our other videos we know you'll love. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon.